0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Welcome to an emergency podcast, Shorty's edition. Uh- Detroit Lions fifty three man roster edition. Uh, my name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the producer over Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit Online. With me to help break down this initial Detroit Lions fifty three man roster that broke on Tuesday night. We first have the managing editor of Pride of Detroit, the Machine, at Eric on Twitter. Eric Schlitt, how we doing, bud? Hey, buddy. Um, did you just say shorties? Is, are, is that is that like a nickname
2: for me and Ryan? Your shorties? Is that what? I'm just oh. curious.
1: I meant the podcast is just going to be
2: short. I was it was interesting. I wasn't sure.
1: <laughs> uh, elsewhere here on our podcast to help break us down, uh, senior editor of Pride Detroit, the Rock God. I got it this time at Ryan underscore POD on Twitter. Ryan Matthews is here as well. Ryan, how are we doing this evening?
3: Uh, doing well. You know, I, I just saw the last Twitter tab I had open was something that you sent in Slack tonight and the only thing or sent last night. So the only thing I'll say is I hope I don't have to make an emergency <laughs> escape from this podcast
1: that's right uh shout out to whatever notre dame podcast that was uh godspeed yeah let's let's talk about it let's let's try not to waste any time there's just going to be a quickie podcast we're going to do a more full version later in the week when we kind of have the full vision of what they're going to do because i think we can all agree this is not what the roster is going to even look like in week one so Let's just go down position by position. We'll make it very easy on ourselves. Uh We start with the quarterback position. No real surprises here. Hendon Hooker st- stays on the NFI. Adrian Martinez gets waived. Nate Sudfeld gets placed on IR after uh, allegedly uh, tearing his ACL. So you got Jared Goff. You got Teddy Bridgewater. Anything you guys want to say about the quarterbacks before we move on to the more interesting ones?
2: I don't think so. I think that's pretty much what we expected, save the – uh the the Sudfeld moved to IR, I I think most people figured he wasn't going to be part of the 53 man alignment. So um, this is basically, I think what we expected more or less.
3: Yeah. I I think the only thing I have to add is, is maybe it was interesting uh, that, you know, the athletic reported that the lions were reportedly in on Trey Lance. Right. Um, And combine that with, like Eric said, if Nate Sudfeld doesn't go to the IR, like, are the lions keeping three quarterbacks? Like that's the only thing that, you know, you combine the Lance news. You think about what unfortunately happened to Nate. Would they have done that? I, I don't know. Interesting thing to think about. But I, I guess we're on to, to bigger and better things, right?
1: Yeah, and and maybe they're in the market for a third quarterback on the practice squad. Adrian Martinez could certainly come back, but you have to imagine they're gonna they're gonna bring someone. They're they're gonna want a third quarterback that's healthy. Obviously, Hendon Hooker's not quite there yet, but uh, we'll get there when we get there with the quarterbacks. Now. Running backs. Uh this one sent some uh shockwaves through the the system, in, including myself until I kinda sat with it for a second here. And I think there's a fairly easy explanation, but they only keep two. David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, uh, and then Jason Kampin if you count him. Um but Craig Reynolds gets cut, gets uh, released, which is an important designation here. Jamar Jefferson waves with an injury designation, Benny Snell gets uh waived, Divine Zigbo also gets waived. Um or I think he was actually released, but uh eric do you want to do you want to explain what's going on here uh, assuming you agree with my my theory here
2: yeah i so craig reynolds had a uh, a veteran contract a fourth year veteran contract and it didn't have any guaranteed money uh therefore when they released him there wasn't any cap penalty and um oftentimes uh, we see injured players want uh we want to see the lions want to put them on ir and like with nate sudfeld Putting him on IR before the 53-man is established ends Nate Sudfeld's season. So uh, unless they reach an injury settlement, that's second, uh, a side note. So in order to get a player into a, a spot where they can return from injured reserve, they have to make the initial 53-man roster. Uh, two players that are injured are both defenders, Julian Aquara and uh, um if you and so it's possible one of those guys is injured enough that they need to go on to IR, but they need to make the initial fifty three in order to get to that point where they can return. And then uh, it would make sense that you sneak them through. You release a veteran who doesn't have a cap penalty. You place the injured player on IR and then return the veteran uh, in a on a new contract, and uh, he's back on the roster, giving you three running backs and so that i mean look we we've seen them do that before um even last year we kind of saw some some roster gymnastics with with uh, uh justin jackson right so it's not uncommon for them to be creative with their running backs
1: yeah and just to, to clarify really quick you you have to be a veteran to be able to release them rather than wave them right. so there there's if the intention is on bringing craig reynolds back is what they're doing you have to, they're going to pick someone that they can release a veteran on this team so that they can like whisper in his ear saying like, Hey, we're cutting you, but you're coming right back as as long as you're cool with it uh, with, with no risk to losing them for waivers. And you mentioned that the contract um being no guarantees, that makes him a good candidate. Also, you just look at the guys that they released. There's only, there's only eight of them. Only everyone else is only, only eligible to get waived because this is such a a young roster. So Benny, Benny Snell, Daryl Daniels, Christian Covington, Bobby Hart, Jermaine ifetti Jason Moore, Divino Zygma. Those are your eight guys who who were released, your veterans that were released. So amongst that group, it, it certainly seems like if they are going the IR route, Craig Reynolds is the first one to back through the door.
3: Yeah, the old Darren Fells roster trick, right? Yeah, um, that's right. Yep. Yeah, I, I think the the one thing, the initial shock of it was like, oh, man, what? Craig Reynolds is gone because he was clearly the Lions' You know best running back who who played consistently in the in the preseason but um and 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 that's saying something because he only played two games
1: <laughs> yeah right but he played almost the entire halves of of both of those games and i I didn't ever get a sense his injury or his roster spot was really in danger but you know they they could be also looking to upgrade we'll 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 kind of see in the next 24 to 48 hours here. Uh, let's move on to wide receiver. Um, not a ton of surprises here. Um, Lions keep Amonara, Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond, Marvin Jones, Antoine Green, Chase Cota, a lot of people's um, kind of favorite amongst the the undrafted guys he gets waived with an injury settlement um so he was dealing with an injury that i didn't think we were too aware of uh maurice alexander gets cut uh dylan drummond i guess is maybe the the guy to talk about here because he was a guy that was very consistent training camp um but did get waived here uh i'll I'll go to you first this time ryan were you surprised by that one
3: maybe a surprise from the sense that like you know you're always rooting for the feel-good underdog story and it just felt like Dylan Drummond just had so much good momentum going all the way back to May, right? Like one of 10 guys who gets invited to, to rookie mini camp. Not only does he like, you know, make, make the cut, but he also like impressed people, right? Like there was a little bit of buzz about Dylan Drummond going into training camp. And then at the beginning of training camp, that buzz kind of sustained itself. And then it kind of, you know, faded in and out a little bit. Um, But he ended on a high note. And I, I think, It's always kind of recency bias with a lot of these players that that don't end up making the 53 and you say, oh, man, like he was great. How did he not make the team? I think that's kind of what happened with Craig Reynolds, right? Like he had such a dynamite game against Carolina where it's like, yeah, I think the Lions can trust that guy to be their RB3 in a pinch. But I I think the same thing kind of happened with Drummond because he definitely kind of, you know, ebbed and flowed his way through training camp, but ended on a high note. And it was just kind of a bummer to see see the guy not, uh, you know, not stick in Detroit, but practice squad, right? Hopefully.
2: I think one of the th- the things that we're that we see consistently across this roster is guys that can or positions that can have multiple players at it. The third guy at that role kind of becomes a little bit more vulnerable. And when roster spots are hard to come by, um, being the third slot receiver is a bit of an issue because while Khalif may play on the outside a lot, and 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 when he's in the slot, you may see Amon Ra on the outside. They still have two guys in the packing order ahead of where Drummond was, and so this is something Jeremy brought up uh, after the our, our Carolina game. He said, "You know, is it concerning?" Or I, I remember you asked, you brought up the point, the fact that he plays the slot, and, and if that could be a, a hindrance to him. And I, I said I didn't think it would because I, of how they fit into how they played, but we see that carry over at, at, at multiple spots where. If you have a guy who can play and back up a position where you already have an established starter, do you need a third guy? And and we're seeing a lot of no's, um, especially on offense.
1: Yeah. The the only thing I would add to this discussion is like it's important to remember how far he's come. The guy that wasn't drafted, wasn't a priority UDFA for anybody, didn't get signed on draft weekend. Um, so I think the lines are probably thinking like, this is our guy, like n- no one else, he's not even on anybody else's roster or you know, roster or, or mind, right? Like this is a guy that we found in, in our local pro day we found in our, in our, um, rookie mini camp. And so he's not going to be really on anyone else's radar. Um, maybe the giants, maybe the, the Jaguars, cause they were in town and they saw him, but at the same time. Jaguars have a pretty deep bench of wide receivers and the giants kind of do too. So um, I think there's very little risk in putting him up to waivers. Um, even if, you know, other GMs are reading the news clippings here in Detroit and all that, I, I think pretty fair chance he goes through uh, the waiver wire. And I have to imagine he's going to be a priority re-signing to the, uh, to the practice squad here. All right. Tight end. Um, we can probably move over this one pretty quickly everyone kind of predicted them to only keep three tight ends they in fact only did brock wright sam laporte james mitchell D- daryl daniels was maybe the one guy where you thought maybe he could return because he has the the relationship with steve Hayden. he was a, a, a veteran that was released so you know if if there's a second maybe ir move it's a potential fourth tight end that 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 could come back but i don't know anything else you guys want to add to the tight end room or should we move to the offensive line yeah.
3: I think for this roster and for this group of coaches, like you can almost guarantee that there's going to be a tight end of the practice squad. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think maybe the only surprise that maybe I had, and, and I know that a lot of people were kind of concerned and more so concerned about Kabinda, right. And, and, mm-hmm. and his, his, his hands and the drops and things like that. Um, I thought that there might be an outside chance that maybe they keep an extra guy at the tight end spot, knowing that maybe they can moonlight and do some things uh, with with guys like Brock Wright and maybe even James Mitchell in that H back role, but again, I think this just kind of cemented the idea that Cabinda's a you know he's a Dan Campbell guy and and they're going to trust him to to be that guy who just runs forward and and pushes people out of the way. So I I, I think that's the only kind of thing like tight end quasi I, I yeah. can really comment on.
1: I, I hope I properly primed the Detroit Lions fans for Jason Cabinda and Will Harris to make this 53 man roster because I knew it was happening and, and no one wa- it seemed seemingly no one wanted it. Uh,
2: yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, I think Kabinda's he's a lot of what they want. Right. Yeah. And, and this is the team that wants to establish the run. And he's a big part of that.
3: And special Our, teams.
1: And Their special things. Yes. Oh yeah. No. Um, offensive line. Um, Again, not too many surprises here. Your, your top seven were already kind of set in stone with Decker, Jackson, Ragnar, Vitae, Sewell, Glasgow and Colby Soresdell. There were questions about offensive tackle. Matt Nelson makes the roster. Jermaine Ifedi doesn't. Another maybe candidate that, that could come back. Jermaine ifetti is, is a, another you know veteran that, that you release. You can tell you want to come back. But they did release him a couple days early, which is probably not a great sign for him. Um, they didn't decide to keep any additional reserve guards. Coyote uh, Oshika was one guy that I think a lot of people thought might make the roster, but, um, I don't know, not, not too many surprises here. Right, Eric?
2: No. Yeah. This is basically what we thought. Um, we debated a ninth guy and discussed which one it would be at length, uh, far too often. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> sure and, um, in the end they need eight, uh, they I think they would prefer nine, but I, I just don't think there was a ninth guy that stood out. And and so they'll be adding guys to the uh, to the practice squad that can compete and and maybe be a game day elevation if there's an injury. And, and they have options on, on how to make it work. But, um, yeah, eight was really kind of what we we expected.
1: All right. I'm going to move straight to defensive tackle, if that's okay with you, Ryan, and I'll throw it to you here. Um, they keep five, which is a- another thing that I think we debated for a-, a significant amount of time. Does Benito Jones stay on the roster while Levi kind of finds his footing? And Broderick Martin is a guy who I think still low on the de- his developmental curve. So w- was this a surprise to you at all, Ryan?
3: I don't think it was a surprise at all. I I think the only thing that was surprising about the interior of the defensive line was why Isaiah Bugs was on the field in the second half (laughs) of the Panthers game. That, that, that was a bit perplexing because I I think if you, if you do look at one spot and, and it sounds crazy to say this, but I think if you look at one spot of that lion's defense, that might be susceptible to injuries and and might be a a real concern if they start to tap into their depth is, is probably the interior of their defensive line. And I know they have a lot of guys who can moonlight from the edge and, and kick inside and play, but that's exactly what they do, right? They kick inside on, on passing downs. It's not, they don't have a whole lot of guys really like that. They can, I think count on, on first and second down outside of a and bugs at this point.
1: Yeah, and that was that was one of the things that they said they wanted to get done this offseason, right? Like, let's let's loosen their, their load a little bit here.
2: Yeah, I, and I think it, it comes down to the fact that they don't exactly know how much contributions they're going to get out of Levi right now and how much they're going to get out of Martin right now, and they needed a third guy who could be consistent. Uh, they went with three all of last year, uh, but even despite going with those three, the kicking guys only got like 10% of the snaps. And yeah. like, like you said, right. It was only like the, on like third down situations, obviously obvious pass mission situations. So you really need more than three guys. If you're going to take the majority, like 90% of the defensive tackle reps, adding a fourth guy made a ton of sense when you don't have a hundred percent confidence in that guy, maybe add another fifth guy You that you've invested in Levi invested in Broderick. And so uh uh benito gives them more uh security and uh i do think it's worth talking about further maybe uh on our, on the next podcast is was bug's playing because benito is maybe challenging him for that starting job i think that's a deeper discussion
1: yeah and and even beyond that like i've had some discussions with some other lions beat writers and i think we all kind of agree that project martin might be a little bit further away than than maybe you'd hope and could be yeah, I mean, Lions fans might not want to hear this, but like could be in a game day inactive for the first few weeks while he kind of gets his, his footing and having an extra guy like Benito, like Brock, like Levi uh, is going to help kind of loosen that burden, I, I would think.
0: and 24/7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code VIATOR10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: All right, Edge Defenders basically didn't cut anybody. <laughs> they kept the whole crew around um you know, uh, Julian Okwara is, is is the notable name here that, that stuck around, although I think we all agree could very much be one of those guys that uh, could be placed on IR early. Um, got injured, a, a leg injury late or late-ish in, in the preseason finale. Um, when I asked Dan Campbell about it this week, he said, it's not practicing, which is not usually a good sign. And considering they have six other guys at the position, seems like if he has a, a month-long stint at IR, No, no big loss there. Is that, is that fair to say?
2: I think they could be exploring potential trades as well. You know, maybe they didn't like the offers they were getting at the deadline. So they were willing to carry them for another week Uh, or maybe just a couple more days. Sometimes a couple more days when other teams see how their rosters shake out, maybe they may say, well, we cut a guy that we were hoping to get back and now we didn't, or we don't have enough depth and, and so now we're looking for uh, another edge guy. So it's possible he could still be on the trade block. It's possible he ends up on IR. Uh, but being edge seven, it also seems very possible if he does make it, he's not going to be active on game days.
3: True. Yeah, it, it does seem just, it seems rather interesting, right? That the Lions, I mean, I mean, not that they would make some roster moves to get Julian to IR um, and, and keep the possibility of him coming back. This season, But I think it's just kind of interesting to me for a guy that had so much talk about him as being inconsistent all the way through camp and then was inconsistent in every preseason game. And he's still here. But right. that, that, that maybe kind of caught me off guard a
1: little bit. Well, that that to me is, is why I think he's almost certainly headed to the IR is like, why not keep him around then? Why not? Like if you can finagle the roster enough where he sticks around, you can place him on IR and just be like, all right, let's let's rehab. Let's get you better. I mean. Maybe they couldn't cut him either. Like maybe he's this injury is serious enough where they, they weren't prepared to do a whole wave injured type of thing and, and put him on IR long term for for that sort of stuff. So I, I think I think it's more just like, hey, we're still gonna give you a chance, but we need you healthy, buddy. Um All right, let's move to linebackers here again, not too, not not a big surprise here. Trevor Nowoski gets cut, but Anthony Pittman does make it. He was kind of a guy that that we were debating last year. He didn't make the initial 53, but he ended up playing in all 17 games. I thought maybe he was headed to do something similar again this year where he'd be one of the first guys that they're waived comes back. But maybe I mean, maybe he's gotten to a point where he has so much special teams tape out there. You don't want to put that guy on waivers anymore.
3: Yeah, you, you don't want to let Bill Belichick have a chance to <laughs> right. take that guy off your hands, right? So, <laughs> That's a good point. It, I mean, it, it is it so surprising, though? I mean, they, Jalen Reeves, Mabin, you're keeping that guy for his special teams ability. Anthony yeah. Pittman, you're keeping that guy for his special teams ability. You throw Kabinda in there, who remembers a converted guy. Like, yeah. the Lions have a type when it comes to special teams.
2: Yeah. I, one of the discussions that Jeremy and I had um, when we were debating our 53s was, if Pittman doesn't make it, who's the other big body that plays special teams? And we never really had a good answer. And that's why Pittman was on our 53 and then off and then back on and then off again. And so like that fluctuation with him, because he's only a special teams player or primarily a special teams player, I think is what makes him vulnerable at the same time, the way the Lions approach special teams, uh, a guy, his size is a, is a pivotal piece in what they do. And he contributes more than anybody right he he has more special team snaps than any other lions player over the last two seasons and so he's a he's a he's a pretty big cog in what they want to
3: do jeremy is is it fair to look at that linebacker position how it stacks up with those six players and say man that position's kind of deep but also i'm totally unsure of if this is going to work the way that oh. they expect it to
1: I mean, a little bit. It's it's definitely the best I felt about the linebacker room in in years, maybe decades, to be quite honest. Because I do like even going down to Jalen Reeves Maven, I feel comfortable that five of those guys can play in a pinch on defense. And how could you ask for more in a, te- in a team that's probably only going to put two on the field at a time? If you're five deep, you gotta feel pretty darn good about that.
3: Yeah, your your heart doesn't sink when you see like Jalen Reeves Maven on the active day roster to fill in for somebody. It's like right, okay, they'll be okay there.
1: Someone could Steven talk themselves, and we yeah. might be okay.
3: Okay. all right,
1: let's (laughs) go on to the next thing. Uh, Cornerbacks, uh, maybe the most active thing we talked about before cuts and also the biggest news, maybe maybe from all the roster cuts, starting with Emmanuel Mosley. We have to talk about that Uh, kind of somewhat surprising news. He's taken off the the pup list, which means he's eligible to play in week one. I think we probably all agree that that's probably unlikely. He returned to the practice field last week. Um, but not practicing working with a trainer. Now he can practice if, if he's healthy enough, uh, which means he has what, 10 days to get ready for Kansas city. I think they like Jerry Jacobs enough where they're probably going to start him. But uh, I guess how surprised are you by that news? Uh, I'll start with you, Eric. And, and how soon do you think you can start?
2: I'm not overly surprised. Um, I think most beat writers had projected him on pup because that just seemed like the logical move. Cause we hadn't seen otherwise um, at the same time he's the guy who's been like slowly getting more involved as you just pointed out. So not overly surprising. I do agree with you. Uh, week one, if he gets on the field, it would seemingly be, seemingly be only be like situationally like, Oh look, Kansas city just went five wide. Let's we let's throw uh Mosley out there to try and counteract that. Right. And so I don't know. I don't, I don't know if week one is, is in the cards. I don't, I definitely don't think he would start by week one. That seems that would be you know, that would be a big leap. But um yeah, after that, as a veteran, um, who knows how quickly he could come back. Could be could be, like you said, week two.
3: Yeah, I, I don't know if it'll be week one, like Eric's saying, but I, I think that the Lions had, and this maybe speaks to where we'll go with this conversation, but like it seemed like they had enough bodies in their defensive backfield, especially at the cornerback position, that if they needed to give Emmanuel Mosley four four weeks. They, they could have maybe afforded themselves that luxury.
1: Sure. Don't you think? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I think though, like the thing, uh, a lot of people said like, well, you know, it, it's going to take a couple weeks for him to get ready once he starts practicing. So why not just throw him on, on the pup? And, and the problem is like, he's not a lot of practice while he's on the pup. So you wouldn't, you probably wouldn't get him week five, right? If he's on the pup, he'd have all that extra time to rest, but he wouldn't have that time to practice. So maybe you're looking at a week six or a week seven start and suddenly like, you're paying this guy all this money and you're not going to get him until the bye week And so I think you've built in a little bit of extra time now where you can get him in week two, week three, and and you're, you're okay. Like you said, they're, they're a little bit more comfortable. I think with, with the depth that they have here, um, which let's, let's get to that because I think we all, after that last preseason game, we are like, all right, there's maybe one or two spots between Stephen Gilmore, Khalil Dorsey, and Chase Lucas probably should have in retrospect had Sterling Thomas in that conversation as well, but uh yeah they, they end up keeping Stephen Gilmore and Khalil Dorsey obviously waving Starling Thomas yes and Chase Lucas Eric uh the floor is yours I know people have wanted to oh. hear from you I I, I don't <laughs> let's let's try to keep the tears away we're not we're not trying to I'm not trying to no I I'm not trying to make fun of you like I think we all were rooting for Chase Lucas for a lot of reasons, and, and when sure. he made that interception in the in the preseason finale, um, it it had to feel good, and and at least it was a a positive moment for him while he was here. Um, but I um, we mentioned like when it came to Dylan Drummond, the whole like three if you're third in line, I think that's kind of maybe what Chase fell into, right? Is like you mm-hmm. have Brian Branch, you you have Will Harris, maybe even you have C.J. Gardner Johnson at nickel. Now you're talking third or fourth guy in, and and it's just tough to jump that, right?
2: Yeah, when you're not when you're third or fourth in, and you are only special teams like, or you're primarily special teams, like, I'm, I'm, um, you have to be a guy that can contribute in all phases. You have to be Anthony Pittman, right? You just you have that's what you have to be able to do. I believed he could do that, and I still do. I like I still think he's a better player. Than one of the at least one of the corners that's on the roster, right? And so that's my opinion, and my opinion differs, and that's fine. Um, but I, I also think Starling's better than one of the corners that's on the current roster. But the current the corners that are on the current roster are all super fast, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're playing Kansas City, you want corners who are super fast, and so um, maybe that goes into it, maybe it was gameplay. I don't know. I thought both Lucas and and, and Thomas were both in a really good spot. Um, We had, I mean, I don't think it was anyone that thought Thomas wasn't going to make the team at this point um, because he had been so consistently there. But at the same time, if he he was the lone guy of those four, that wasn't really creating turnovers, right? He wasn't, he was the one guy that was like, he had a couple of penalties, and then the other guy, and then and Gilmore's getting a couple of turnovers, and then Chase is getting a turnover, and then Dorsey's hitting, you know, forced fumbles, and so um, it's hard to say like what exactly goes into it. What I will say though is that those four, I think, are all going to be on the roster in some capacity, and it, the cornerback position is one of the most injured positions out there, so it would not surprise me at all to see both Starling Thomas and Chase Lucas on the field yeah. at some point this season, because that's just, you need depth. They obviously had it. I may not agree with the decisions that they made, but they made them for a reason. And uh, if if they're fortunate enough to be able to keep both those guys on the practice squad, it's a heck of a secondary.
1: Yeah. Uh, Ryan, uh, I know, I know you're maybe a little bit less shocked than, than most with the, with the Starling Thomas move. So, so explain yourself.
3: I'll explain myself. Um, (laughs) I I think a couple of things at play Um, first from a macro level. I think this really showed again that Aaron Glenn wants some guys who can play man, but also if you, if you're playing man defense, you also need to be able to tackle. And two of the guys who I think were better run defenders as cornerbacks this preseason uh, were were Khalil Dorsey, obviously. I mean, made some really big plays, and uh, and, and Stephen Gilmore. I, I thought that Starling Thomas. You know, when you talk about the penalties and when you talk about how handsy he was um, in in terms of coverage and and, and getting caught that way, I, I just think that maybe Starling Thomas got. Kind of etched in to our depth chart a little bit too early. I, I think maybe he impressed away early in training camp that said, "Okay, this is the guy who has emerged. Everybody else is, you know, playing catch up now." But I, I, I think that you have to you have to put together a complete camp, especially as an undrafted rookie, because you're only as good as your last, you know, few snaps. As, as you know, as as good as your last few reps. So, I. I I really think that in those last two games, like Stephen Gilmore totally blew me out of the water in in terms of what he did in coverage and his mentality and everything. I thought he cemented his, you know, his his ticket to the roster against the Panthers. So I I think that's why I wasn't shocked, because like you said, initially, Jeremy, there was we thought it was uh, Gilmore and Dorsey and and Tom uh, and uh, Lucas, right? And Chase Lucas for one spot. Well, it was really Starling Thomas and it's going to be two of those four guys.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think there is some validity there to Starling Thomas just like coming out swinging in, in training camp quite literally too. Like he's a guy that, that really likes to mix it up in, in camp. And so he takes basically every second team cornerback rep in, in training camp. And, and I just assume when, when you're not playing around with that, you're, you're good. But uh, but perhaps I should have listened to Aaron Glenn a little bit more about not paying too much attention to where guys are repping. Um,
2: well, I mean, th- I, that's the thing. Not to not to linger on this kind of topic yeah. a little bit too long. But I do I do wonder if there's some recency bias go mm-hmm. with this because, like, we've seen all. I mean, you've been at every camp practice. I've been to almost all of them. I missed a couple because of dad stuff. But like, Chase, or um, you know, Chase has been. He was between the twos and the threes, all camp, back and forth, right? Um, Gilmore was with the threes until joint practices. Then he started to jump up into the twos. Then he dropped back, and Dorsey didn't jump in until after joint practices were even over. But Starling never wavered, never wavered from those twos. And so like when you look at the totality of what they put together – and the consistency over the long period of time i think that's why this this the starling move was such a big change or it was surprise you know yeah. to, for a lot of people was because the collective body of work that he had was very consistent now how much weight do they put on gameplay because yes gilmore did ha- did play better in the games uh, I, I i agree with that um, at the same time it, there was never really a hint yeah. Of like Starling not being near the high part of the, of the rotation, and so it's 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 hard to really factor in what's what the thought process is, other than the fact that these are the guys that are playing good, really good right
1: now. Right when when Khalil Dorsey gets the promotion in the last week of training camp, it's Stephen Gilmore who backs gets back to the third team. It's not right. it's not, not Starling. Starling Thomas, which is right. I think what, what threw us all off. I I mean, look like. At one point we were talking about, does
2: Dorsey get cut from right. his hit on, on uh, Shane illustrator? That's right. It's, like, God, I mean like a long time ago. He, oh my that, goodness. But yeah. That was that. Yeah. Wow. But that's, that's where he was at at one point. It right. was, is he going to survive the self-inflicted wound on the team to now he's on the 53. It, it's, it's quite a, uh, quite a sw- swing for him from where he was just a few weeks ago.
1: All right, I'm going to kind of fire through these last two ones. Safety, they keep CJ Garner, Johnson, Kirby, Joseph, Tracy Walker, Ifatu Milifonmo. I think we, we we mentioned already a couple times if he might be one of those guys that's headed for IR. Remember, he didn't play in the last two preseason – or he got injured in the second preseason game, I believe. Is that right? I think my timeline's right there. Um, and I don't believe he's practiced since. So it's a sign maybe it's a, a more serious injury. Uh, and then special teams, Parker Romo gets the the – loses the the kicker job i guess we can talk a little bit here do you guys think riley patterson is this team's kicker because mixed messages everywhere i was (laughs) i was convinced after the third game when dan campbell basically brushed off Eh, he had a bad day he missed an extra point he came short on a 53 yarder big deal like he's he's been consistent i love him whatever and then (laughs) news comes out today from the athletic saying oh the lions are calling about trading for a kicker so i don't know Did, did they did they not get the i mean we saw three kickers get traded for over the past 24 hours. None of them were traded, I think, for anything more than like a sixth conditional or, you know, a swap of a six and a seventh. So if the Lions really wanted a kicker, they didn't really act like it is. But, mm. you know, there, there are going to be some guys out there. So do you think they bring in competition? Do you think Patterson's still your week one kicker? Before we get to the
2: kicker, I want to point out the fact that every single time a player is mentioned on the trade block, I expect Brad Holmes to make a phone call, that's like, I, honestly, like, cause he's calling about trade Lance. He's calling about kickers. Like yeah. he, he, his, his motto every day is yes. Can I get better? Can I make this team better? Yeah. And so he's going to look into these kickers. He's going to say, what are you interested in? You know what I mean? And so that's how he ended up with Patterson to begin with. So, yeah. um, I they like Patterson. Uh, i would push back a little bit on his consistency uh, other than that he consistency he consistently misses at least one kick in practice every week uh or every day um it's but true. like yeah one every time one um so i don't know i i'm not sold on him because i've watched the guys that have lined up to kick the ball in Detroit for the last however many years, decades, right? Like right. we've seen guys that are just wildly consistent with huge legs and like they can do it all. And so like Patterson's just not that he's, he's more of an average kind of run of the mill uh, NFL kicker. And so I'm not as impressed. So I'm all, I, I, I do think that there's something out there, but at the same time, I don't, I can't point to who it might be or or who they would, might be interested in. And I don't know. It's uh, I think they're confident, but I think they're also upgraded.
1: They think they have a chance to. Anything to add, Ryan, before we get out of here?
3: Well, by the time people are listening to this, it'll be August 30th. But today is Eddie Murray's uh, birthday. So happy birthday, Eddie Murray, for talking about kickers. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the, the one the one quick thing I do want to say, though, about, about the kicker situation is. I just don't think Dan Campbell will ever fall in love with a kicker. He doesn't need to. Right. Like kickers can be obsolete for him and in, in his <laughs> in his approach and in, in having four downs to get a first down and, and not just three. So um, I, I, I think I truly believe him when he says like, man, we're fine with Riley. Like, we'll make do. I mean, if something better presents itself. Sure. But
1: I don't like I, I want I want a guy who can kick long. I'm sorry. And I kind of was, I, I wanted Parker Romo a little bit to win this competition because it's just when yeah. games are going to come down to the very end. I don't think anyone is going to see Riley Patterson lining up for a potential game winning 53 yard field goal and not immediately think of what happened in the last preseason game.
2: Can I add a, uh, a question in sure. uh, on uh, Khalif Raymond, returner? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's the kick returner? If you had to guess
1: on Craig, uh, of, of Craig this Reynolds. roster, Craig Reynolds. Well,
2: of the guys, <laughs> of the guys currently on
3: the roster, <laughs>
2: well, I, I mean I do uh,
1: think Will it's Harris. gonna be Craig Reynolds. I do think it's well, gonna be Craig Reynolds, but Will Harris, that's why they kept him, right? I mean look, there's we there's, didn't talk there's... about Will Harris at all.
2: <laughs> that's fine. Um <laughs> there's two guys, two guys on the current roster that did kick returns during the preseason. Khalil Dorsey is um, one, right? And, and and Antoine Green. Yeah. And, and and that's it. Um do you think that they're confident in either one of those guys? Or is that a position that's going to be filled by maybe returning someone?
1: Craig Reynolds. Craig Reynolds is my answer. Hey,
3: can't they just also use Khalif Raymond, too? They could. <laughs>
1: like oh, yeah, them. absolutely. But, but here's the thing. Khalif is also going to be playing a lot of starter. offensive snaps. He's going to start. Yes.
2: I, I don't, pe- people might might not want to hear that. Yeah. But Khalif Raymond is starting. Yeah. Like, it's...
1: And in general, they like to pull back on special team snaps when a guy is starting. So... He'll he'll still p- return punts, but I, I'd be surprised yes. if he was a kick returner.
3: I would too. I, I don't think I have a good answer for this
2: though. That's why I was curious.
3: I, I just have a question maybe we can end on with the answering, but what about Jameer Gibbs returning kicks? He was pretty good at it in college, right? Oh, he was. All right.
1: So was Jameson Williams. They only have two running backs, Ryan. They can't oh. they can't spare one on special teams. <laughs> all right. We're going to get out of here on that. Uh, we are going to have a much more fuller discussion on the Lions roster once it's a little bit more settled. So maybe it's going to be Thursday night. Maybe it'll be Friday night where we're going to obviously record it live here on twitch.tv slash pride of Detroit. But you can always get the podcast anywhere you get podcasts. But until then, for Eric, for Ryan, thank you all for listening. It's chaos. Be kind.